now I'm delighted to welcome our first two keynote speakers of the day, Christo Petkoff of AP Muller-Mursk and Sebastian Steinmuller of DHL Global Forwarding. Christo is Global Head of Pharmaceuticals at AP Muller-Mursk and he's been part of the Mursk team for almost 10 years. He started in the Global Trade team where he developed an interest in temperature controlled logistics and then joined sales and marketing about five years ago to focus on temperature control commodities and specifically pharmaceuticals and healthcare. As part of this dedicated team, driving breakthrough technologies and enabling customers' cold supply chains, Christos developed a true passion for pharmaceutical and healthcare cold chain logistics. At Maersk, he's now responsible for establishing and growing the pharma vertical across ocean, air and overland. Sebastian is Director of Global Reefer Competency Centre at DHL Global Forwarding. A certified life science specialist, Sebastian has over 15 years experience in ocean freight. Having worked the first half of his career in regional and global positions with shipping lines, he joined DHL Global Forwarding nine years ago as head of ocean freight for Eastern Europe and Israel. After successfully developing DHL's ocean freight footprint in the region, he took on his current position four years ago as part of DHL's global temperature controlled ocean freight team, responsible for DHL ocean thermonet and other solutions focused on temperature controlled life science and healthcare. Hi, thank you for joining me uh, in this keynote uh, where I would like to present how we at Maersk support our customers uh, with air to ocean conversion and I'll walk you through uh, some of the uh, some of the specific case that we perform for some of our customers. First of all, I would like to take a minute uh, to walk you through the potential of uh, digitization, uh, the power of integrated solutions and our efforts at Maersk to decarbonize uh, ocean logistics. Uh, supply chains are struggling with uh, fragmentation of data, low visibility and uh, low levels of uh, collaboration between partners. Uh, which is usually costly to organize. We are using technology to support our customers, evolving needs and um, future growth. By becoming more than an ocean carrier, uh, we are focusing on connecting and simplifying global supply chains uh, to provide uh, customers with a simple end-to-end -end offering of products and services. Uh, we aim to create a seamless integration between different delivery networks uh, to ensure that the outcome doesn't amount to less than the sum of the parts. And on this slide, you can see that uh, Maersk has diversified uh, our product portfolio. And um, instead of only investing into steel and ocean, ocean ships, we are also invest investing in overland transport, warehouses, uh, air freight, rail solutions in order to be able to uh, give our customers a diversified uh, product offering. It is also important uh, to work with uh, industry partners for us and customers uh, to plan and develop uh, supply chains in a more sustainable way. Uh, MERS will continue to explore several carbon neutral fuel pathways and expects uh, multiple solutions to exist in the future. Uh, we are launching uh, the first uh, world's uh, carbon neutral liner vessel in uh, 2023, which is seven years uh, before our target. And our future vessels, uh, we have 
new fuel technology installed, enabling either for carbon neutral operations or operations on standard, on standard very low um, sulfur uh, fuel. In this presentation, uh, I will present how we at MERS uh, help our customers ship pharmaceutical cargo safely within a specific uh, temperature range and why um, ocean logistics is a key solution uh, for the pharma logistics. Starting with the challenge at hand, uh, the cargo overall needs to be handled with care because it's both uh, sensitive to conditions and it's very expensive. Uh, the most critical components of a safe uh, pharmaceutical transport are also the most basic, uh, like hygiene, temperature, and product stability. Some of the focus for the healthcare logistics lie in the nature of the cargo. Depending on the cargo's requirements, the shipping process might need to be temperature controlled and handled with care. There are stringent uh, standards and multiple audits for temperature control products. In, or, in order uh, to ensure quality uh, for the products uh, that are being transported, there are standards such as the EU uh, GDP guidelines, which regulate the distribution of healthcare products from the premises of the manufacturer to the patient. There is an ever-increasing level of uh, regulatory uh, requirements globally, which uh, also make logistics of temperature control pharmaceutical products uh, more complex. Uh, there's multiple standards also uh, that need diligent audits uh, by the various uh, regulators and pharmaceutical companies. Quality control is uh, uh, extremely important as uh, such also visibility. Um, the regulatory oversight is fundamental uh, and common during the transportation of pharmaceutical products. Um, Vulnerable spots in the supply chains uh, could be handling, loading, uh, safety and security, and these uh, need to be uh, addressed properly. Reducing carbon footprint uh, while being cost efficient uh, is extremely important, and pharmaceutical and healthcare logistics has relied on air freight for the transportation of life-saving medicines, uh, which uh, especially helps for the time-sensitive products. Uh, while air um, has uh, some advantages, uh, the extent to which it is used uh, needs to be considered because of the healthcare logistics uh, um, collective uh, carbon footprint. Walking you uh, through the MERSC solution, um, with over 80 years of expertise in uh, reefers, uh, we have uh, uh, the capability to make sure that goods are in controlled environment for the entire duration of the logistics process. Moreover, uh, we ensure that there is always an expert from our reefer excellence team ready to assist any of our clients, no matter where they are. MERSC understands our customer needs uh, for, uh, for ensured quality control uh, during the transportation of temperature-controlled pharmaceutical products and suggested to our customer an air freight trial <coughs> uh, for a sample shipment from Europe. Uh, we have done this to North America, to Latin America, and to uh, the Far East, and possibility to 
uh, also customize this uh, particular uh, air to ocean conversion trials. Uh, the trial shipments um, were to be transported via ocean freight solutions instead of air freight, uh, which was the initial uh, product setup for the customers. They reviewed our quality approach uh, in the logistics process uh, supported by the available data and results that we have already compiled before um, they were ready to sign a quality agreement to enable the way forward with uh, regards to ocean freight. Um, to enable the quality agreement sign-off, uh, the customer wanted to run trials and ensure operational execution of their quality needs and um, deliver excellent results um, that gave uh, the customer confidence for further um, collaboration. Why uh, we suggested ocean freight? Um, air freight is uh, widely considered a uh, means for transportation for pharmaceutical products uh, because of the assumption that the goods will reach safer and faster with frequent checks and monitoring. However, air freight process is also prone to a lot of deviations or uh, changes in temperature. Therefore, we, uh, we shared uh, with a lot of our customers uh, the same belief that reefers via ocean freight are the best way to transport pharmaceutical products. And our partners was relying on our global reach and the largest reefer fleet of 360,000 containers uh, that we own and operate. Over the past years, ocean transport has taken on much uh, greater visibility in the pharmaceutical industry um, simply because of its efficiency in terms of uh, reliability and uh, higher quality. Although ocean freight, um, although Ocean freight takes much longer uh, than air, tra air transportation. It is often more reliable uh, because there is far uh, fewer product handoffs. Uh, the, contain the container is packed with the product and nobody touches the, the product from origin to destination. Um, there were also uh, studies done on temperature excursions and the probability of occurrence um, of temperature excursions in air freight is rather high compared to the 1% uh, cost by ocean freight, uh, therefore leading to higher quality uh, with ocean transportation. As an asset owner, uh, we at Maersk were able to deliver operational excellence, optimizing uh, power of location, allocation of space on ships and equipment guarantees, um, so our customers can book directly with us. Um, this set uh, the beginning to develop a strategic partnership uh, in the years to come. In terms of efficiency, ocean freight uh, cost is significantly lesser than uh, air transport. Uh, customer clearance and other time consuming paperwork can be arranged uh, during transit, uh, also making the process uh, a little more uh, tedious uh, as well. Uh, as I have already mentioned, uh, a low carbon footprint is, uh, is um, the common interest uh, from customers and us. Uh, for businesses with uh, sustainability goals in mind, 
ocean freight offers significant opportunities uh, in reducing their carbon footprint. And ocean transport has lower carbon footprint um, than air travel, uh, and it's 125th of the size of air travel. So again, stressing the, the lower carbon footprint uh, that can be achieved in ocean transportation. And uh, as I already mentioned in the very beginning, we have undertaken some initiatives to, to decarbonize logistics. On, on the outcome, uh, we were successful in uh, shipping pharma goods from the region to destination within the optimal temperature. And these specific uh, trials were done for shipments for, for two to eight degrees Celsius with uh, proper quality management. Uh, what stood out uh, for us apart from this is also that we could provide our customer visibility and uh, peace of mind that the operations would be maintained under strict supervision in conditions maintained to the highest standards uh, requested by the customer. These trials uh, success has opened opportunities uh, for us at Maersk to expand our work together and expand to other uh, customers. The aim is to increase uh, sustainability uh, by transitioning more products from air freight uh, to ocean freight. And um, we have supported uh, several customers already on this journey and are ready to, uh, to expand this even further. Ocean freight uh, provides opportunities for an integrated end-to-end -end supply chain uh, network and empowers stakeholders in industry that needs greater efficiency and agility to adapt to, uh, to constant change, um, whether this includes uh, uh, tough competitions on the different products that are uh, that are the pharmacy or the hospital, uh, product life cycles, um, technical consideration of product needs or disruptive forces. Through our quest uh, to build more efficient, uh, more competitive and more resilient pharma supply chains, um, which ensure stakeholders to gain the ability to access and share temperature and location data on demand while the goods are in transit across all uh, separate lanes. Through real-time uh, cloud data and our RCM uh, container technology, uh, business, businesses can proactively reduce temperature excursions, uh, uh, limit uh, product loss and achieve um, regulatory quality compliance and ensure the overall uh, integrity of the products. This is the uh, quick uh, presentation I wanted to share with you and right on time. So thank you very much for listening and uh, I'll be waiting for your questions in the chat after. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you, uh, Rachel and Nick and the organizers for inviting me and giving me the opportunity to provide some input uh, of how we at DHL see the current situation around the implications to logistics by the pandemic and the vaccine distribution challenge in general. And to set the scene, I have also invited my colleagues uh, Katja Busch and Leonora Lim to provide you with some impacts on uh, pandemic uh, to logistics in general.
entire logistics industry was hit by the pandemic. In my view, no amount of logistics readiness would be able to circumvent country lockdowns, travel bans or stay-home notices. What differed in the severity of the outbreak for different countries and regions depended much on their business continuity or country and emergency plans and how they leverage and mobilise logistics. Well, what we've seen as well is that uh, governments were clearly completely overwhelmed with this new situation. You know, historically grown, a government cares for regulations, but not for the execution of things. This is pretty much something they leave to the industry. So this time, the governments by themselves needed to care to get supplies, especially PPEs, personal protection equipment, into the country. So it was really crucial to have solid logistics partnerships. readiness always needs to have sufficient uh, ways for transportation like highway, highways or transmission capacity for storage. But in this case we are facing an additional challenge. You know, in a normal world we would transport vaccines all over the globe in a temperature range by, well, let's say, 2 to 8 degrees. That's business as usual, pretty normal business. But today we're facing a new challenge. Some of the new platforms require temperature control from minus 20 to minus 80 degrees, and this is a completely new plague. We estimate in this string, stringent scenario means um, this new temperature, temperature ranges are probably, let's say, 25 countries with around 2.5 billion people have the logistical readiness to do so. Just to compare that with conventional scenarios, so keep in mind the 2 to 8 degrees, we think that we are talking about 60 countries with over 5 billion people. So, and that means that puts additional pressure on developing countries to make sure that once this vaccine is found, they have the proper solutions in place. Today, we are facing completely new methodologies. And with these new methodologies, there come new requirements. Having said that, that means we need to transport these new vaccines in a temperature range from approximately minus 20 up to minus 80 degrees. And that's really not trivial. The current coaching infrastructure is insufficient, inadequate and or not fit for life sciences and healthcare use. Either there is insufficient capacity, not of the right temperature range or is not GDP compliant. Even worse is when the coaching facilities are used for mixed cargo. Perishables could cause cross-contamination for sensitive medical products such as vaccines. I believe COVID-19 has increased the urgency for greater public-private and public-public synergies. That is why the framework we suggested for securing medical supplies during public health emergencies includes building a network of such partnerships and the conversations need to start now if they haven't. Our white paper also suggests a five-pillar framework for governments and the private sector to get prepared. At DHL, we have 118 life sciences and healthcare competence centres around the world in major airports and seaports. Started more than 10 years ago, these centres within the DHL Global Forwarding Network provide specialised handling of life sciences and healthcare cargo by a group of trained specialists in GDP-compliant facilities. Back then, we recognised that there was a gap in the public infrastructure to meet the high-quality needs of the life sciences and healthcare sector. 
Those facilities were shared with all kinds of products, including perishables like seafood and meat. Hence, DHL developed these competence centres to assure customers that we understand the life sciences and healthcare sector and will stage and handle their shipments in a proper manner suited for their industry. What governments need to understand is that equally important is the software that goes into the competence centres, that there are trained specialists in place and proper processes drawn up. The COVID-19 pandemic has brought one long-term goal into focus for all governments around the world, the capacity to successfully weather the next global health crisis. This will require a resilient and adaptive medical supply chain. Ultimately, success will hinge on five factors. The ability of governments to identify and implement both pre-planned and ad hoc measures, to forge organisational partnerships, maintain supply and logistics infrastructure, achieve real-time visibility along the supply chain, and establish a core response unit empowered to act swiftly and decisively. Now, thank you to my colleagues, and uh, I, I hope you enjoyed this short uh, interview. It pretty much sums up what, what really did happen the last couple of months in the life science and healthcare sector, the industry, and uh, what all parties, including governments, have been faced with. Important factors have been around infrastructure readiness, as you heard, um, availability of that infrastructure and uh, capacity, as well as um, yeah, compliance and supply chain visibility. Um, I would like to turn now towards the sea freight market and the readiness um, of, of uh, sea freight to handle COVID-19 vaccines going forward. And talking about that, we should uh, maybe not only focus on the vaccines um, itself and, and only, but also all the supporting equipment and auxiliaries connected to the vaccines. So far, it's estimated um, to have a mix of roughly 50% of the vaccines doses uh, moving by air freight and the other 50% by road. No sea freight involved. Whereas we see an involvement of sea and road transportation of around 85% um, involved for the ancillaries for the vaccines and pandemic-related implications, such as personal protective equipment, vials, gloves, face shields, and uh, the likes. Also, the um, let's call them usual pharmaceuticals, uh, which are already moving by sea today, um, will continue, of course. Mostly due to the urgency of the vaccines, the temperature requirements, distances between production sites and destinations, as well as infrastructure, sea freight has not been an option so far for the COVID-19 vaccines distribution. And um, when I look into the market at the moment, I do hardly see that changing very soon. I try to summarize on, on this slide um, what we are confronted um, at the moment and what are the major challenges going on right now. We are confronted with severe reefer equipment shortages in major vaccines production places like the US, Europe, India. We are faced with port congestions from LA to Montreal, from Sydney to Chittagong. Uh, in the most regions globally impacting supply chain resilience and lead times. Schedules are not really worth the time to, to get them published um, as 
happenings such as Suez Canal blockings and port, port congestions interrupt vessel rotations and schedules, seeing schedule reliability on a really historical all-time low. At the same time, we do see also freight rates for reefers uh, rising the fifth quarter in a row in quarter one this year, and most likely to continue rising um, during this quarter. Challenges around crew changes and vaccination of all frontline critical workers, we will hear more about later in our third panel session. The fact that the vaccine supply is still urgently needed as the vaccination ratios still improving very slowly among the most of the EU countries, but also other countries, and not even talking about the developing countries. It does not really play into the cards of a shift to sea freight very soon um, of the COVID-19 vaccines. As we do see more vaccines coming up with temperature requirements softening, being more in the traditional temperature ranges like two to eight degrees, this could certainly support the sea freight coming into the picture for the vaccines distribution itself going forward. But when this will be and by which volumes, that needs to be seen. And um, our internal DHL vaccines task force and commercial teams are in very close contact with uh, our customers to review that situation and building solutions being ready when this time has come. At the DPDHL family of business units, such as DHL Express and DHL Supply Chain, as well as my employer, DHL Global Forwarding, we are very experienced in handling, shipping and distributing vaccines and the related um, supplies. A big network of pharmacists and certified sites supported by our more than 9,000 specially trained life science colleagues globally, enabling us to be ready to support the COVID-19 vaccines challenge. My colleagues from Express Supply Chain and also my AFRIC colleagues at DHL Global Forwarding have executed various COVID-19 vaccines charters already and air freight shipments for various vaccines producers within the last couple of months and we will continue to do so. And uh, our teams are, are busy to align volume forecasts with our customers to support them with sufficient dry ice and capacity supply. Um, meeting the, the requirements of the vaccines, as well as preparing for potential involvement of sea freight solutions um, going forward. Um, not only vaccines, but also other pharmaceuticals in the various temperature ranges um, have shifted from air to ocean uh, during the last couple of years. And I wanted to summarize the five major motivators uh, playing a role in that decision once more. Certainly the carbon footprint becoming more of a topic when procuring supply chain services as we can experience this. Costs, obviously one of the main drivers. The relatively safe temperature control of reefer shipments by ocean compared to air freight, where we are faced with various handover points and shipments sitting at tarmac um, without cooling, together with the elimination of packaging waste contributing to that trend shifting from air to ocean. And all those areas will definitely come into play to companies' vaccines distribution decisions sooner or later as well. They are relevant for the COVID-19 vaccine distribution, same as they have been relevant for all other pharmaceuticals in the past, shifting from air to ocean. But so far, we do see that the lead time and the urgency of the supply of those COVID vaccines are the critical factors why air freight and road are the mode of transports of choice. 
at DHL Global Forwarding, our response to the modal shift and the involved requirements for temperature control pharmaceutical transport by ocean is called DHL Ocean Thermonet. Since more than four years, we are successfully growing our footprint in that sector with continuous volume growth and continuous improvement of our solution. Meanwhile, the share of temperature controlled pharmaceutical shipments has reached around 40% of our total DHL reefer volumes globally. This demonstrates our dedication and our focus to this specific sector. Most areas in our ocean thermonet solution addresses customers' requirements and challenges are the certification of our stations and people, the individual lane risk assessments, the monitoring of temperature and supply chain milestones through active monitoring devices inside the reefer containers, as well as a certified IT platform. And last but not least, very important, our GDP compliance subcontractor management. Together with uh, our very successful global Deutsche Post DHL Go Green approach, we are able to support not only the pharmaceutical industry, but also the planet in general. Solutions around consolidation, modal shifts, routing optimizations and carrier selections are common practice already at DHL. Our next steps are the use of biofuel. For all our LCL shipments, this is in place since January 1st this year. And we want to grow this biofuel solution into our FCL offerings, as well as air freight going forward. So with the following video, I would like not only to demonstrate you what DHL Thermonet can do for the pharmaceutical industry, but to summarize once more which challenges exist and how we are addressing them. I would say some of the key challenges are remaining compliant uh, to the various regulations and governing bodies across the world, maintaining a resilient supply chain, one that's nimble, cost-effective, but yet can respond to the changing environment quickly. So we're dealing a lot with making sure that all our providers, all the way through the supply chain, are making sure that the product for the patient is getting there safe and secure and in a high-quality manner. We're now finally seeing some of the regulations uh, catching up to those growth of emerging markets. And that has become a challenge for us today. And we see that challenge in continuing for probably the next few years as well. Looking at the industry and what we see what the customers are looking for is control over the shipment, control over the condition on the shipment, and to make sure that the people who handle their cargo um, are compliant in regards to the requirements from the health authorities and from the good distribution practice. We will be looking at life science customers, at chemical customers, nutrition healthcare customers, and the product is not limited to that. They normally ship high-value products, very sensitive products in regards to temperature, so they need monitoring all the time. And in case something is not there or not right, that there is an intervention management possible, and we are able to provide that. We have developed Ocean Sermonet, which is aligned to our Air Sermonet product based on five pillars. First of all, we have the network and then quality and compliance. The other pillars are the cold chain design, the IT platform, 
And last but not least, we are having the visibility, so we are always able to monitor your shipment 24-7. This is a DHL Global Forwarding Life Science Competence Center. Everything is temperature controlled and it's GDP compliant. And we're loading the cargo now on board of the container. Uh, once the container is loaded, uh, we will apply a smart sensor. We will activate that smart sensor and then uh, we can close the container and we will uh, drive it uh, straight to the port. The shipping line will register the container. They will connect it, of course, to keep it uh, running. And then on board of the ship, it will be connected as well all along the journey. And then a destination will be unloaded and then they do the clearance and then they will deliver to the customer. And uh, the customer will have a full report on the temperature all along the journey of the shipment. So the customer has a few benefits. One of them, of course, is the cost aspect. The second of it is the environmental aspect. Last but not least, they are also having a very secure supply chain because they are able, compared to air, to monitor their shipment while it's in transit and will be able to look at the shipment details like temperature, like humidity, like light detection. So we are able to see if the container was opened while in transit and the position of the shipment to make sure they know it's safeguarded on the whole trip and that they know and they can prove at destination that the shipment was in range for the whole supply chain. It's a very powerful product and it's really enabling the industry to be compliant to the requirements. So for us in the ocean freight industry, it's exciting because we see the trend and ocean freight is gonna grow over the next few years. If customers would like to learn more about Ocean Sermonet, they of course could go to their local sales contact or contact us directly through oceansermonet at dhl.com. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed this little movie and our solution on temperature control pharmaceuticals by ocean and addressing the, the challenges um, attached to that. Um, yeah, to come to a conclusion, the, the urgency of the, the COVID-19 vaccine supply is still making air and road uh, transportation the, the dominant mode of, of transport. A shift to sea freight, even for short sea, might not be seen too soon, but will definitely come once enough vaccine candidate production capacity reaches sufficient levels. The focus on supply chain in a turbulent air and ocean market remains the key. So does the focus of having the right infrastructure uh, in place. And last but not least, the, the collaboration of all involved parties, be it government, the pharmaceutical company, the logistic provider and its subcontractors is necessary to be successful in meeting the demand of the COVID-19 vaccines distribution challenge. By that, I say thank you very much for your attention and um, hand back to Rachel and Nick. Thank you very much. Well, thank you very much, Mr. and Sebastian, for those keynote insights. We'll be taking a short break now. Uh, we'll be back after that with a live Q&A session with both speakers. So please do rejoin us and pose your questions and comments in the debate. Thank you.